Not a clue what to say. Say your prayers. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers to the listeners of today's episode. Um, wait, sorry, hold on. Should I like say it? You guys have like a, I no. don't remember. If you we don't have, have like an intro. We just, oh. no, we, we banter, banter our, our way, way into it. <laughs> into it. And it's like a real like achievement if we mention the name of our podcast and our names within like yeah. the first five minutes. That doesn't that happen very often. That keeps the mystery alive. It does. We're very mysterious in our yeah. chaos. It, I don't know about mystery so much as just like unhinged. We'll rebrand the mysterious, but yeah, unhinged is um Was the it key. our last episode or the one before that we spent a good cryptid like, ten minutes talking about which cryptid we would fuck? Uh huh. That was that was our Who last one. Why? Well, Hannah didn't know what cryptids were, so that was also a little tangent because I had to, like, look it up and explain. I said Mothman. um, I don't really have a good reason for that. Did you read C.M. Nacosta's Mothman Romance? No. We talked about it, though. (laughs) With the really long tongue. I did read it. And actually, there is some really compelling commentary on (laughs) inclusivity and accessibility and also gentrification. Well, I think gentrification might be in Milking Farm, but in the Mothman one... There's just some really stuff, like lovely stuff about like body acceptance and wow. I don't know, like well, that's building building a gentle and loving community for all, which does seem to be an enduring thesis in in Nacosta's work. Um, but good. yeah, and also he has like a really long tongue and a cock pocket. Um, nice. And let me tell you, I have <laughs> never seen the word cock pocket written. No in text and and then i did this is the first time i'm hearing of one is it like i drew a diagram for my best friend yeah of what it looks like so yeah i'm what? lost is it like a sheath like like a sword sure, sure. Like. yeah like it's kind of just an opening in the center of the moth uh, torso um uh, and oh. from it the dick flops out and can oh. be like retracted back in, but the the opening is sort of vaginal and needs to be sort of stimulated. Interesting, huh. and can be penetrated? Question mark. From what I understand, it's been a minute since I read the book. Wow, interesting. But like he's sort of smooth down there until he isn't. Huh. It's it's very like a Ken doll. Ken doll. Yeah, yeah. This Ken is actually the Mothman. This Ken has a cock pocket. <laughs> well we will be reading that my (laughs) choice of mothman was solid my reasoning was just that i thought it would be fun to include in like two truths and a lie oh who would believe to recap that i had made it to third base or more with the mothman um hannah went with a a thruple with bigfoot and the yeti uh, the yeti Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let me look up some of these options now i'm curious i know you guys didn't ask but now i want to know I, i would like to know Right, because um, I had mentioned because we were being cryptic, so I was like, "We're cryptic cryptids," and I had no clue what it meant. So then she was going into it. I was like, "I have no clue what you're talking about." But the oh, mine is easy, messy. It would be the Loch Ness monster, like literally. It would literally be the Loch Ness monster. Like, I mean, the opportunity to spend time in a gorgeous loch, like that's a great point. I think as far as vacation destinations, it just it just really exceeds expectations. That's so valid. It's very Thank true. You. Thank you I so didn't much. even thought of that. Um, I'm just looking at the list. Uh, of... There's a weird little frogman thing. Mm, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called, but there was an image of it on the Wikipedia chart. It was horrific. Did you see the Ningen? 
happening. I don't remember. It's like what a it's modern called. Japanese aquatic humanoid creature, and it literally is a snowball with two legs. Uh, uh, like no human legs. Like you need to look this up. I'm so serious. It's spelled N I N G E N. There's one that we couldn't tell if it it's, was the fuck monster. I think so it's Fook, was... but I think it's funnier to call it. Oh the my. Fuck monster. Oh, that is a snow. Oh, that is bizarre. Artist's impression of the Ningen. Wow. There is another podcast that I listened to years ago, briefly, because I was really into Arthuriana at the time, which is a phase mm-hmm. that I go in and out of. Um, but I was listening to, like, different mythological and folklore-based podcasts, and there was one where he every episode he would, like, talk about like a myth or a legend or whatever and then the last five minutes of the episode were like just a little monster like just some random little cryptid monster thing from all over the world and he would just talk about it and it was like the I, he had a funny little name for it and it was just a little five minute and i loved him there are some weird mythological or like folktale creatures out there i believe you wow They're i so think monster weird. romance is you know just at the beginning Oh, yeah. So much Mm -hmm. fertile territory to explore. (laughs) Fertile. Very fertile. It was definitely a choice of words. Mm -hmm. I appreciated that. It was intentional (laughs) now in retrospect. (laughs) I can't like explain monster. I don't read a ton of monster romance, but I have such a hard time explaining it to anyone who doesn't already read it. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't, it's not going to be a good time. It's like, listen, they, yes, monsters. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you would have monsters. to read it to understand like yeah. right 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 yeah and it's not always good yeah i read wet hot allosaurus summer yesterday because the audiobook was read now on netgalley and i was like well i wanted to ask you about that so he does fight the arm off of the woman what? i didn't have a chance to read your review but like yeah so so basically she meets this dinosaur because it's at a point in time where they have you know made dinosaurs happen again and they're like into society and they have like chips in their mind where they can like speak to you like telepathically and stuff um and so she like stumbled upon him i was like wow he's my mate i love him and then her father was abusive and shot her arm and the the solution after their first sex scene was the dinosaur to say his name is Big Al. So Big Al is like, <laughs> I have a confession. Ooh. I love your blood. And then he just chomps her arm off because it's been shot. <laughs> so they have sex while she has a bullet ridden yeah. arm? Yes. Yeah. So she's she's bleeding and he's like so turned on because she's bloody. And the quote was, there was something deathly sexy about watching Big Al consume a part of her like a tasty meaty protein bar. And that was her arm. And she was like, TBH, I wouldn't do it again, but, like, it got me hot. <laughs> like, that's what – she was like, I don't think I'd want him to eat my other arm, but I don't um. regret him eating. <laughs> and then she – the whole thing is so weird because they have to just, like, go get a job. And they get a job at, like, a uh, like a meat processing factory, like a slaughterhouse. And so then, like, she makes a deal – where she gets the cow brains for him to eat and he lives in her trailer but like she has to make it seem like she's eating the cow brains and it's just it's so odd and then they just it's a very it's oddly domestic where they just end up working at the slaughterhouse and making it into a capitalist empire by the end of the book um the hour that i listened to it (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, the meaty sauna of his breath. That one will stick with me. Big oh. Al, Cylinder of Love. Mm-hmm. Wow. He smelled like fish. She loved his fish and flower scent. Um. I, like, oh, yeah. Uh, green sheathed ears of corn blushed out from the stalks like hard, uncircumcised penises. That was a description of the corn. So... <laughs> the author... Here's the thing. Here's, here's what's sticking with me. I mean, many things, obviously. <laughs> like, this actually has forever changed the trajectory of my life. But, yeah. like, yeah. aside from that, I'm also, like, very specifically clinging to the fact that the dinosaur is named Big Al. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know why that in particular is sending me, but it's, it really is. It's so jarring because she always refers to him as Big Al. Never Al. It's always Big Al. She's got to respect him. Sure. Yeah, and he eats someone. I believe he like rips the head off of some bad person at the end of this book. Yeah, I don't. Oh, the honestly though, the most unbelievable part. They were like stargazing, and he got excited when he saw a meteor. Explain that to me. Why would a dinosaur be happy about seeing a meteor? <laughs> like, wouldn't that be kind of scary? Does he not know the lore? Like. He was, like, growling happily when he saw the meteor up above. And I was like, well, of all the things, that's the one that confused me the most. Um, I actually have nothing at all to say to that. Welcome to Romance Your TBR. I'm Caroline. I'm Hannah. And this is our lovely guest, Sanj. Do you want to introduce yourself yeah. a little more? Hi, I'm Sand. You may know me from TikTok at Baskin Sons or Twitter at Baskin Sons or most recently, recently Instagram at Baskin Sons, which is truly a shocker. Um, and I also have a newsletter called Scratch Paper, which I update whenever it pleases me. Um, yeah, that's that's me. And your life has recently been changed by right, this by information this- about by this i thought i for yeah. like a split second i thought you were referencing my admission into a phd program no 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 like, no not at all that actually was not nearly as transformative as the experience of hearing the plot of this wet hot allosaurus summer yeah right which definitely i mean maybe god did leave this earth <laughs> <laughs> and big al took his place <laughs> sure oh sure Totally, totally. Okay, mm-hmm. I realize like we are absolutely here to talk about like total classic Lord of Scoundrels. However, yes. I also need to tell you, Caroline, before we like really dig into it, that sure. I did read the Hedgehog romance that you posted about. Hedging his bets. Amazing. Hedging his bets, which was like nefarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like actually nothing short of diabolical. Yeah. And like the way I felt reading it. Yeah. I don't think anyone anything has ever made me feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. tell how much of it was a joke. Yeah. You know what? I, like, I feel like it had to have been written as a joke. But also... But it wasn't. But it wasn't. I, I think frequently about... Um, it, number one, the thermometer up the ass. But number two... <laughs> there's I don't part, he okay so <laughs> for the listeners and for well hannah hasn't read it but we've talked about this before i feel the, in my soul like i've read it yeah um the hero is a like a big bad biker man he wears a lot of leather 
and he lives in this world like some people are shifters that's just a thing and everyone knows it and some people aren't shifters um and he is a shifter but nobody knows what animal he is he always stays in his human form to fight and that is because he's a hedgehog shifter a were hedgehog if you will and he's like super embarrassed by it because he's a were hedgehog so he doesn't really shift very often um and the heroine runs this bar that he's constantly getting into fights at because he's really into her and just wants to sleep with her so bad. Um, but then he finds out that she adopts hedgehogs, like rescues them, and he's like, hmm, interesting. So after, number one, spying on her while she gets herself off thinking about him because she's also very attracted to him but doesn't want to, like, date him, he then hatches this plan with his cousin who is her friend and is also a hedgehog shifter. <laughs> But it sh- is, like, a woman who shifts into a hedgehog who is bigger and scarier than he is when he's yes. in hedgehog form. That so is he critical. has a complex about that as well. Right. So he goads her into this whole, like, gets her to agree to this plan where they both shift into their hedgehog forms and then they fight and she roughs him up really badly. And then he goes and waits, like, a pathetic little injured hedgehog by the heroine's car and she comes out and is like, oh, poor little hedgehog, blah, blah, blah. And his plan is that she'll take him home with her. I don't know what the rest of the, like, he didn't seem to think this plan through very far. No, he just was like, no. that'll get me into her house, I guess. He didn't plan anything beyond that point. But instead of doing what he expected, she drove him to the vet instead. And right. at the vet, received a thermometer up the ass, which they were like, huh, he seems really unhappy with this. Boy, was he. Yeah. But he didn't shift. No. Like, he just... I guess if it was so reprehensible, I don't know why you wouldn't just shift. Well, because at that point, can you imagine you shift back into your human form and you're, like, on the vet's table? The thermometer is still up your ass at that point. I I was imagining a pre-thermometer shift when, like, (laughs) it was discussed (laughs) that that a temperature would need to be taken. Well, I mean... But, yeah, but you still end up awkwardly having to explain yourself, and it doesn't get him into her house. Totally. It just gets him without a thermometer in the butt. This is true. Do they, like, keep their clothes on after they shift, or is he, like, fully – would he be, like, fully naked in the vet's office? I actually don't – Like, ass out. No, he's naked because he had to have a friend stash his bike and his clothes at her – like, behind her shed. That's right. That's right. That would have been a visual. So this grown man is now on this (laughs) table, ass out, ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, which I mean, whatever you're comfortable with. But I don't know that any of this book is comfortable with anything. No. Do you know what I mean? Also, I should say this is definitely not an endorsement of this book. I do no. love some really bananas books, but this one like is also just like so weird about fatness and body image. Like, yes. Which I was like, look, you could have just let this be fun and weird, and instead you had to make it weird and fat phobic like, yeah there's all there's this stuff weird about him things. calling her bubble butt and her yeah. being pissed about it and then him being like wait i'm not you think i'm a bear shifter a big fat bear or whatever and i'm like literally what is going on like th- someone wrote this with like an agenda do you know what i mean like it just does not like the logic is not there at any point i don't know i don't yeah. know there's some weird consent things. He gets so, into a horrible accident also and then just continues to live at her house even though he's healed, but he's lying about the fact that he's healed even after yeah. she was mad at him for the first time that he was lying. Listen, is it good? No. Was it an experience? 
I can't say that it wasn't. <laughs> right. Exactly. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I don't regret reading it. I, I don't regret reading that Goodreads review. I, I really don't regret reading that Goodreads <laughs> review because that was that was a delight. Um, I was inspired specifically by by a yeah. review that Caroline posted on her story. We'll link uh, it because it's so funny. Shall. Yeah. The review is better than the book. Yeah, objectively. Objectively, it's better. And they say negative reviews don't sell books. <laughs> yes, That's they do. <laughs> There you go. Uh, I can't remember what book it was. I was just, it was some book that I read recently that I looked at reviews and there were a bunch of like one and two star reviews and one of them was like, this is pornographic. And I was like, great. Old. I will be reading it. Yeah. There was um, one of Eva Lay's books that I didn't enjoy, but I didn't enjoy it for other reasons and like every other negative review. And it was all because it was like. 2010-ish like in that range or maybe even like 2010 to like 2016 somewhere in there and they were so mad that she was a feminist they were like why do we have a feminist heroine this is just insane i can't believe she wants rights they were like this agenda in this book i was like oh my god that, <laughs> I was like you can find those reviews on like every sarah mcclain yeah. book ever written yeah. yeah i mean a one-star review of no Good Duke Goes Unpunished single-handedly inspired me to rate it five stars instead of four, which I was already probably going to do, but I was on the fence. And then I read just the nastiest, most yeah, horrific review I've that. ever read, where they <laughs> called the heroine, like, a cow and uh -huh. a slut and all these things, and just, like, bashed her the entire time, and then implied that the hero was being led around by his dick and had no balls and wasn't a man. And just so many things. And they were like, vicious fucking cow. And I was like, five stars. Yeah. I mean, like, literally nothing will get me to pick up a book faster than someone being like, the heroine is a slut. I'll yeah. be like, yeah. I love her. Like, <laughs> we are best friends. <laughs> there there have been some wild ones where they're just like, I can't believe she had sex before marriage. Like, what is this? Why are you like, reading oh, romance? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the thing. I'm like, did... Like, is this your first, like, this can't be your first one. Like, why are you reading this? Like, go ahead. the Amish romances. There was one that was, like, was it, I think it was on, like, PRH Audio or something. And it was an Amish one. I was like, I'm very tempted, actually, <laughs> to just see what an Amish romance is like. But Amish romance isn't written by no. Amish people, right? Like, it's just no. about this sort of, like, idealized, like, Christian yeah. homesteading sect, question mark, right? Yeah. Like romance with no sex and also And also God. God, like it's just like the trad wife ideal, right? I guess. I yeah. I, I mean, none of us have read them. I so I guess right. not. it's not really fair for us to say, but that is my understanding of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, historical romance, but if historical romance were like these really old conservative white ladies' ideas of what historical romance should be, except it's set in the present, but it's basically historical because they don't have like technology or anything because they're Amish. I'm sure. That's I it. See... That's all I got. <laughs> my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> so on and so forth. But speaking of people who did in fact abstain from having sex premaritally, um, should we talk about Jessica and Dane? Ah, uh, look at that. We bantered our way. <laughs> With each other. I should clarify. Dane was having tons and tons of premarital. <laughs> sure. Sex. He was However, paying for all of it. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, yes. with each uh, other. They yes. kept it very chaste, didn't they? Uh, I mean, <laughs> like, technically, yes. They just had some of the most erotically charged makeout sessions in the mm. rain ever written, maybe, on page. Yeah. But aside from that... I, on this third reread, noted that I, I don't think I had realized before that when they make out against the lamppost, he's the one with his back to the lamppost. I think <sighs> in my head, for some reason, it was her because that's always how it mm-hmm. is. And I mm-hmm. only on the third reread was like, oh, my God, did I not notice that before? Oh, I love Jessica. Because was that the one where then they get ruined or was that? No, that's at the ball. That's this the one they just make out in the rain and he does it to like teach her a lesson kind of but then she kisses him back mm. and he loses his mind and she also loses her mind to be fair yeah and then they make out with him he like picks her up but his, he's leaning against the lamppost and also it's raining that isn't interesting and it's the hottest thing in the world and then they go to the ball and it's a whole thing and he has like a dramatic midnight yeah. entrance which sexy um, and then he yeah. breaks her fan, which yeah. is sexy. Very. And then they make out in the garden and they get caught. Yeah. Which sexy. Sexy. Yeah. And then she storms in in a red dress and shoots him. Which is actually the, the hottest thing sexy. I've ever read. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nothing can like describe the experience of reading that for the first time. Yeah. Seeing it through his eyes. <laughs> just It's so special. That is that is actually maybe like Lord of Scoundrels is one of like five romances that I'm like I would do anything to be able to read it genuinely for the first yeah. time all mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the other four are, but this is definitely on there. Yeah, I, I mean, I still have a lot of feeling because this was my third reread, and I still was like, "Wow." Yeah, I mean, how can you not? Like, it's theatrical. She like, yeah. She puts on a show. Oh, and yeah. the narrator is yeah. so good. Ugh. There was true. Since I know you're not an audiobook reader, but yeah. if you do. She gives the performance of her life. <laughs> Rent was due, and she said, let's go for it. It's like, so I, good. I might actually have liked this book less. I'm sure I still would have yeah. loved it, but I don't know that I would have loved it as much if I hadn't listened to the audiobook, because oh my god. Mm-hmm. I'll need the- to get it. I need to. I just like don't. I listen to mostly nonfiction on audio these days. Mm-hmm. That's fair. There's just but. like something about her voice when she's talking um, to someone about like his nose There's and a- how he. Yeah, no, I, play- I know. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to we tried to record this episode once before, and during that time, I had the screen recording of that video when I played it. I don't I know, know what where it is that video I is. I noted it. She's yeah. talking to Genevieve. And yeah, she's, it's after the kiss in the rain because she's incredibly horny and frustrated, mm-hmm. and she's like, "God damn it!" So she goes to talk to Genevieve, and Genevieve is like, "Sounds hot." And she does yeah. this whole bit, and the narrator makes her very whiny. Adorable. And she's like, I wanted to kiss yeah. him on his big nose. He's so adorable. And the worst part is, I wish I had been ruined in the ra- And it's so good. <laughs> just the delivery of it gets better every time. Because I know it's coming, and it's just... Mm. And the horrible part is... There's something about it. It makes <laughs> yeah. me laugh. Because it's it sounds like you're watching a movie. Like, it's just, there's something cinematic about it. The whole performance. Because the book itself, like you said, is just, like, dramatic, yeah. cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. There's something so... I, like, I it does one of those things that I love so much in romance, which is when 
like a woman is just like d- like earnestly so fucking thirsty mm-hmm. for another character because like mm-hmm. and here's the thing not all romance actually does that like mm-hmm. there are yeah. tons of romance that, like most romance at least when women are involved like are they do say something about like he's hot but that's not the same as i want him so fucking bad like mm-hmm. that rarely mm-hmm. is to the same extent does that make sense like the like genuine longing and like Mm -hmm. the sort of despair about longing like physically just like really wanting someone i think Mm -hmm. doesn't happen quite as effectively in all romance i think you see there are a few examples that i'm really thinking of with this like um what was it i feel like in a couple of the like may december romances that i've read that has been a pretty big theme. I think Sophie Jordan has one. And I just read one from Felicity Niven where she's like, I am actually overcome with lust. Like, <laughs> I re- like genuinely overcome with lust. And I'm like, yeah, you should be. Oh, The Hating Game, weirdly, as a oh. contemporary. Like, Lucy has this moment where she's I like. I love that book. Where like, she's like, I want Josh so bad. Like By the end, she's wanting to actively have sex and he's like no we're gonna wait because yeah i'm gonna take like a whole weekend and she's like but what about now yeah it's, oh, i love that book but i love that like yeah um, it, it can happen more often and I, I feel like now that i've said this well so caroline like, so this happens we, in every book you're stupid i'm like yeah you're right no. i'm thinking about a specific kind of feeling do you know what i mean like, yeah because we had just read the luckiest lady in london and i think that's a great example oh um, yeah yeah of the heroine also She's just so like so horny <laughs> yeah yeah um like they both see each other and they're both just like i would love well because they like haven't touched but they will mm-hmm. sit down and just she will just straight up be like i had some erotic dreams about you last night we were both <laughs> naked in the carriage it was a glass carriage like or like they just talk through exhibitionist fantasies mm-hmm. of like what they would do okay slay. it's a wonderful <laughs> it's so good so horny like I she specifically that. is like, yeah, I would bang you. Like, like, and no, it was I like an, the immediate lust. Like she saw him because she was like angling for another guy because she like her whole thing was that she needed to marry for money, and so she was like had her sights set, and then she saw him and she's like, yes, I'm gonna dick you down, and she did. And it was I love that energy. <laughs> it was so good. She was that book horny. was really fun, and it's more rare than it should be, mm-hmm. right? This is like. True. I don't know. Jessica being like, Dane, I'm actually embarrassed that I had to seduce you. You're going to have to do it next time. He's like, maybe one of the best things that's ever happened in a book ever. Like, not to be and, dramatic. And then just like contrast it with him always having to pay for sex and then being so overcome with the fact that she just wants to like, be with him for nothing. Yeah. I really feel like I was thinking about this on this reread, how... Um, like words of affirmation not that like love mm-hmm. languages are bs and we know this but like jessica really gets the dane needs yeah. words of affirmation to the point where like number one she's just constantly like i love your big strong hands and your big giant strong body i want to lick you from head to toe and kiss you on your giant <laughs> nose that i love so much so like physically she's just constantly telling him how in him she is and he's like, what? Attracted <laughs> to me? What are you? 
riffling through my mental dictionary for Dane, and I cannot find anything about the face of a Medici prince or the physique of a Roman god. But then also she does that thing where he's like, I'm going to punish you by having sex with you really hard. And she just repeatedly tells him that she loves him. She loves him. him. She's like, you can't stop me. Fuck you. I love you. Which is (laughs) one of my favorite scenes ever. There's Interestingly, there's also a scene like that in... think the countess conspiracy by courtney milan have you read that one no um where he's like i'm so overcome with lust i'm an uncontrollable (laughs) demon of a man and she's like oh no (laughs) my husband is gonna have sex with me i'm this is so troublesome like it's been years since i read that book and i still remember her being like gee willikers whatever will i do (laughs) like be on the receiving end of lust from my attractive husband (laughs) it's so good but it's literally just in that scene where he's like i'll show you i think she called him a child and he's like i'll show you how old i am and she meanwhile is like aroused and ready to go (laughs) like aroused and ready to go she is Um, that 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 kind of scene happened in um, Love in the Afternoon, where he was like threatening to like have sex with her, and she's like, "That would be terrible. I would hate oh, yeah. if you seduced me." Oh my god! <laughs> and she's like, "Wow, I could never, wink, wink, <laughs> want that." That one stuck thought, out to me in that book. Um, I found one of the lines that does that in this. Um, I think this might be at, at the ball. Like when they're about to make out. Um, It says, he studied her face for a long moment. Then his mouth curved into that aggravatingly mocking smile. I see. You find me irresistible. I'll get over it, she said. I'm going home tomorrow. (laughs) And he he, like doesn't answer. Like he doesn't say anything because he's like, yeah, she's playing along with the bit. And she's like, no, I like very sincerely like like, need to be dicked down immediately. Like. Yeah. Well, and then he does something. He, like, I don't remember what exactly he does, but he, like, tries to seduce her, whatever. And she says, like, no, don't use your masculine wiles on me. I can't yeah. resist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Jess is so funny. Well, she then, really and also, is. like, the way that that plays out with Dominic was another thing that I noted. Because mm-hmm. when she, there's the scene where she, like, tackles him to the ground. Um, and her whole thing is that, like, she knows how to deal with boys, which is why she's good with dane because he had never aged past eight um so he's an eight-year-old trapped in a 33-year-old man's body but so she finds dominic and she chases him and tackles him to the crowd and ground and he's like yelling bad words at her and she's like i've heard all of those and i know worse ones too and he keeps trying to fight her off and so she's like all right you left me no choice and kisses him a bunch of times and i was like okay so it's dane it's this is literally what you do with Dane. Mm. It's just you being like, "Oh, I know what to do. I love you. I love you. I love you. You can't stop me." <laughs> it's uh, so good. She just like manages him so well. Did you see the meme that I posted on? Yes. My story? Oh, yeah. That's and all I, I like, can think about every time I read this book. Yeah. Yeah. It's just her <laughs> dragging him on a leash on his knees. That's it. And he's so mad about it. <laughs> and I appreciate that she's also kind of mad about her attraction to him in yeah. like the earlier part of the book. Yeah. Like there's that bit during the ballroom scene where she says that like she specifically left two dances unclaimed in the mortifying hope that his satanic majesty <laughs> would, would take a whim to haul her about the dance floor. Which, by the way, 
his satanic majesty is like an incredible address that's that's the top of my quotes that i'm looking at right now is his satanic majesty and then and then she says that thing of we detected a whiff of brimstone or a puff of smoke heralding his approach like the dialogue in this book is outrageously Mm -hmm. good Oh, I laughed the whole way through even and this was my third reread. So it's not like I've never read this book before, but I was listening to the audiobook and I had to keep pausing it like every few minutes because I was like, why is that the funniest thing I've ever read in my life? Repeatedly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's (laughs) for me, the phrase flood her virginal womb with his seed. Oh, yeah. That one. That's the one that with the the seed of latent balusters. Yes. I think about that all the time. That's the funniest sentence that's ever been written, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, like maybe, definitely. Like, who else is doing it like her? No one. How do you top that? I I have this problem with this book where I tell myself I'm going to, like, keep notes in my notes app as I read, and then I write down, like, one thing and nothing else. And yeah. for this reread, the one quote I wrote down was, Genevieve says that killing oneself on account of a man is inexcusably gauche. Right. Which is, again, one of the best lines ever written. There's another time, like, later in the book, too, where I didn't write it down, but she says something about, like, no, I'm not going to leave you. Or, like, I'm not going to kill myself. Like, that's unforgivably gauche. <laughs> I thought you were going to reference the part where where Jessica says, this is not a trout, Genevieve. This is a great hungry shark. And Genevieve says, then use a harpoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so iconic of her. Genevieve is so funny. I wish she was in like the latter part of the book. I mean, there's yeah. no real place for her. It doesn't make sense plot wise. I just want to hang out with Genevieve. Yeah. Yeah. She's just so funny. Yeah. They're like, ugh, she received like eight marriage proposals last year and the family's getting embarrassed. Like Right. And one of them, Lord Fangiers, was was 34 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's unseemly. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh. Femme fatale. Truly. A long line of That's femme another fatale. I wish I had written down that quote. There's a cause I was paying attention to all the times that they reference femme fatale, because at first he was mm-hmm. like, Oh no, she's not. And then he repeatedly is like, Oh my god, she's a femme fatale, she's gonna kill me. Um <laughs> which I respect. But there's one where she like I think she drops her robe or something and he mm-hmm. thinks femme fatale, and then he's like, I wonder if this is how it feels to be Bertie Trent. Like you have all of the appropriate gray yeah. matter. That is your brain. You just don't have the ability to make it function as it should. I just, yeah. I just, what a special book. And then when she falls asleep right oh, after. Just like, like a man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was peak comedy. He's like, I'm ready. And she's like snoring. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> mm. Mm. I think Dane is just so funny because truly mm-hmm. what is wrong with that man? Every time she's like, oh, I get it. You're very sensitive and high strung. And his only response is sensitive. High strung. High strung. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and then by the end, he's like, oh, well, my delicate sensibilities. Like, <laughs> he's hey. like, no, you're right. I am very sensitive. I'm I'm literally the the I was looking specifically for one of the parts I highlighted where um from the last time I read it from when it, it says his knees grew wobbly he crouched down in front of her and took a firm grip of the edge of the mattress he cleared his throat lust 
period. <laughs> he managed to the one syllable low and steady. He decided not to try any more syllables of anything. But <laughs> she's like, you didn't know? You poor man. You must be blind and deaf or terribly confused. <laughs> Oh, like just think of the absolute drama of falling to your knees in front of your wife, holding the mattress, saying just lust, deciding never to speak again. <laughs> because he's in such shock that his wife is attracted to him. And I I think I just like expected the book to be either a lot more dark or just not to have like the humor and just like, the solid, like, thread of just witty banter and really emotional, like, thoughts. Because, like, the prologue is so sad. And so, yeah. like, when I first read it, I was like, oh, my God, this poor guy. And then just to see how he copes with it um, by yeah. being the funniest person we've ever read, it's just – it makes for such an interesting book. Caroline's I, crying, ma'am. No, I, I had something in my eye, but <laughs> but I am crying. <laughs> I remember when we recorded this the first time, I was thinking about how, like, this is the book that talks about how, like, a trauma is inherited. Like, this mm-hmm. is the masterclass on, like, aristocracy, wealth, and power as things that, like, render us, like, less human and less personable and less connected to each other. And, like, that's a thing that is enforced upon us by, like, generations of people thinking that that is, like, the way forward. And, like, this prologue is evidence of that. Like, mm-hmm. this is the thing that The Duke and I by Julia Quinn tries and fails to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that book fails for reasons maybe besides <laughs> this. But there is similarly a prologue of, like, a callous husband and a lost mother and a, like, lonely child who is inheritor and, like, left to the dust. Like, but it's so, it's such a smart book, too. And I was also thinking about the, like, use of POV in this. How, like, mm-hmm. it's back and forth between them in the same chapter. And, like, there's a moment where you're so clear on how Dane is moving through a scene. And immediately Jessica's like, that's the hottest man alive. And you're like, what's, what's going on? She's like, I'm filled with raw animal attraction for this punk. And he spent, like, literally eight paragraphs being, like, this frail woman is probably terrified out of her wits to be near me. And she's like, damn, I would eat you up immediately <laughs> after like the whiplash you get, but it's also so smooth. Like the, like there isn't a marked transition besides a few spaces. And I guess in the audio, there would just be like a bit of a pause. There isn't really. It just yeah. flows. Right. But it like, you barely notice it. You're just like constantly being pulled back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. <sighs> genius oh my god i also so think i was thinking about like the prologue and the introduction to each of their characters because dane gets like a 20 page just saga of trauma where you're like here's the worst series of events that could happen to someone that's the hero and then jess you're introduced to her not by like any kind of backstory but by birdie's valet literally just being like oh thank god jessica is here she's gonna fix all the problems because she always does i love that line i was like okay so she's the west cliff of lord of scoundrels she shows up she assesses problems she solves problems and moves on exactly 
And she really does repeatedly. It's so funny. You know what this has me thinking about? It's kind of funny how like so many other romance novels where like women are like sort of independent and like left to do with or like have independent wealth like or historical specifically sorry I should say because I feel like specifically the comments that historical writers get are like particularly unhinged yeah. like yeah. people just have a very clear vision of like what is and isn't allowed to be a historical and like yeah. what the rules are for a shared universe but like a lot of historical writers get reviews and comments that are like I can't believe this woman was written to be so free and and not constrained in this romance. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't really get that critique of Lord of Scoundrels, despite the fact that, like, Jessica is independently wealthy, fully a spinster, but, like, beautiful, attractive. Like, it doesn't seem to have, like, a ton of qualms about premarital sex, really. Like, she's, like, kind of okay with being ruined and, like, has a grandmother who is also sort of, like sexually accomplished and like they both talk about sex and bodies pretty openly and like I mean I guess it's like in this sort of very like specific tonal way but like I personally have never heard someone be like Lord of Scoundrels is a weirdly contemporary book for historical do you know what I mean like it just doesn't get that critique and I'm wondering like why that is despite doing all the things that they hate and it's like from 95 I think yeah. So it's, like, old. Right. Like, huh. when there were more rules, uh-huh. I guess. Even. Um, the only explanation I have, and it's not the right one, the only thing I can come up with, though, is that it's just so good. That is <laughs> that true. no one yeah. can do – they just are like, wow, what a great time. No, I think you're right, actually. At, because how do you read that and be like, well <laughs> – just free with her affection. Is <laughs> uh, <laughs> beyond me. At that point, I think you just say, like, I don't think you know how to have fun. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. me and with it's also true. most people who ever say anything even a little bit along those lines. So Right, right. Totally. I mean, like, didn't, like, Alexandra Vasti, I remember reading some of the reviews for Margot <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and that- uh, the other one. They both got like big reviews that were like, this is a little too feminist and new wavy for me. I think I think that's so I think Margot I think Margot was the book that had that really unhinged um review that was like, I can't believe she had premarital sex and was like really upset about it. Oh, and yeah, it was yeah. yeah. It's wild to me that anyone can assume that like human be- also the regency period people are so horny in the regency yeah that's just like a known fact they get yeah. more constrained as you get later into the victorian mm-hmm. period because of queen victoria but like that didn't stop the people from being horny it was just that society right. got stricter the regency was like tits out everyone was horny i don't know what to tell y'all <laughs> the georgian I mean, period I just think it's kind of silly to assume that, like, sexuality was discovered 15 years ago. Not to turn into, like, Sebastian, um, I can shell on, but, like, (laughs) wild to assume that we invented depravity as if people (laughs) have been having insane amounts of sex for thousands of years. I mean, weirdly, there is also another relevant uh, Sebastian quote for this. It's, is it Sebastian? No. Yes, he's talking to Evie about um, how... 
how when Annabelle and Simon went to uh, France, they had a really good time, but they also saw some really like racy things. And he was like, yes, the French are famously a lot less suspicious of pleasure than the British are. And like, I think that thing about being suspicious of pleasure is like so real. (laughs) Oh I love that the French are either villains in historical romance because Napoleon, so the French are the bad guys, or they're what the French are in this book, which is it was a crime of passion, so we literally couldn't arrest you or people would die in the riots. (laughs) Or which is like the funniest logic I have ever read. That entire sequence kills me. Um, Or there's a bit where Esmond is talking about um, Genevieve and Jess. And Dane is like, rum, 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 rum. like I don't get why everybody's so obsessed. And he's like, well, that's because you haven't met them. Um, mm. All of that charm and wit, like all of these things, it's too much for any Frenchman to withstand. Like <laughs> they're all obsessed with her. <laughs> or with both of them. Oh, gosh. Oh. They're so funny. Oh. It's so good. There's just so much good stuff happening in this book. Like, it's just delicious every time. And, like, this is one of those books where I genuinely have, like, 8,000 things, like, highlighted. I have – one of the other things I have highlighted is when she's, like, how can you be so insensitive? I do not wish to be hustled away from Paris as though we're a mortifying secret. And he's, like, a secret in St. George's Hanover Square? How much more bloody public and respectable can this infernal match be? Like – that whole like little middle period between the shooting and them going back Mm to is like also so lovely for Mm -hmm. no reason i can actually never recall another one of the like kate redding does such good uh such a good job narrating is when they 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 do their little outing in his carriage or curricle or whatever um and just like drive around with his crazy horses that she doesn't know are (laughs) trained to do insane tricks which is such a random like they never come up again but just for this one scene he has these circus trained horses that are like viciously attacking everyone and going off the rails anyway (laughs) but there's a scene where she talks about um the like negligee that she bought Mm, for her wedding mm -hmm. night and she like tries to kind of tempt him with it and he's not having it but then he's like what color is it like he can't resist and she's like oh well it's like dark burgundy red and it's got this black lace like eyelet work uh well i'll just like here. here and she's like and pointing here. out on her body mm-hmm. where the lace and things are and he like ceases functioning <laughs> that's so good like he just loses his it like his brain shuts off Mm-hmm. He actually just like makes out with her for a little while, <laughs> like, and then the the horses get a little bit, um, you know, trippy. So then he has to like steady them and then go back to making out. Sure, I think that's the classic. Yeah, with his one functioning hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he- She's like, "Your arm should be fine. I specifically shot you right there, so you would be fine." <laughs> I'm a woman with a plan. Oh gosh. Oh, so good. And just the drama of them both thinking they each staged the ruination. That's mm. also just so delicious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow. God, this is so such, like a lovely recollection of this book for me. Like, because it's like actually been like six months since I read it. 
um which is not that long but i guess it's still kind of long it's it's a while well i was gonna ask because last time we asked about this too have either of you read more of loretta scott's or loretta chase's book since i have not i, need I to, read I, not. I read mr impossible um which has been like described as like indiana jones-esque Um, It wasn't my favorite. There were some weird issues um, just with the hero and um, some of the characters, but you could still tell it was Loretta Chase writing, Um, Mm -hmm. but I didn't find it as like witty and just enjoyable as this one. Like the hero, everyone says he's like a himbo um and that because she's the archaeologist or whatever her title is and he's just kind of there um tacked kind of as like a bodyguard-esque I think I it was a while since I read it um it was last year sometime but that one is a fan favorite too but it just didn't stay with me like this one did um Mm -hmm. but I have like a bunch of other ones from her to read so we will happen upon them eventually Mm, yeah well you got the important one out of the way. So. Mm-hmm. There you go. That was my well, one. This I one is like part of a series. Rex, yeah. That I had yeah. to specifically be like, except for Lord of Scoundrels, guys. I've read Lord, like I know. But yeah. like I didn't say that on my Instagram story and the sheer number of people who were like Lord of Scoundrels. I was like, yeah, I got I mm-hmm. thank you. You're right. <laughs> I can't complain because you're correct. But like <laughs> I've read yeah. it, I know. Yeah. We, we checked that box. Oh my gosh. Okay. I finally remember the other point I wanted to make, which was about um, how that like period of time when Jessica is like the perfect good wife and he's, he's like, I love that. He's like wretched over yeah, it. He mm-hmm. says literally after two weeks, he's wretched over it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about how like genius that is as like a romantic device because it really mm-hmm. proves that like he earnestly loves her for her. Like, if, if the thing that makes him miserable is her not being herself, like, isn't that the ultimate fucking romantic gesture? Like, is there anything more romantic at all? No. no. Also, it's funny that she does it as a punishment and she knows that it will drive him insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she's fully aware. Yeah. And I have so much respect for that. And he was just, like, willing her to say that she loved him again. And just how devastated he was that she wasn't. He was like, she's moaning. She's doing this. She's enjoying it. But she won't say she loves me. Mm. He's just so upset. Well, and then also at the same time, you have Dominic running around wreaking havoc. And Jess is like, obviously, this is a cry for attention. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mm. Dane is like having sex with her and then throwing temper tantrums and acting insane. And she's like okay, obviously this is a cry for attention. Like, Right, right. Not to be like Jess is his mom, but it does have kind of an interesting, like she essentially like re-mothers him like, and kind of. helps him grow up and turn into a functioning adult. Ah, oh, Floyd. Yeah, which like I have mixed feelings about, but like <laughs> it's what she does. <laughs> she mm-hmm. is like, okay, clearly you need some like reparenting. Let's address your inner child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also your actual child who is you. It, literally. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, this little wild talk- beast is in fact yours. Just take a little <laughs> and, uh, manifestation of that eight-year-old you and uh, create it, drop it into the world, and then you can literally deal with that trauma. 
there's that really good line I think at the beginning of Devil's Daughter when no not Devil's Daughter in um Devil in Spring Pandora Pandora mm-hmm. says to um I don't remember which brother probably not West but like after the engagement, sorry, this is like such a circular something. <laughs> after the engagement to Gabriel, um, like she's talking about how like, oh, I can't go on a honeymoon. I have all this other stuff to do. I like, you know, I have things to be uh, attentive to. And he's like, we'll talk about it later. And then she turns to, I think, Kathleen and is like, see, he's managing me already. Like, <laughs> no, it's not to Kathleen. It's to Kathleen's husband, whose name I'm forgetting. Kevin. Hmm? Devin? Devin, yeah. Because then Devin is like, oh, I know the feeling well. And, like, looks at Kathleen. <laughs> but, like, it's that, like, gentle managing that I think is, like, so funny to see on page. Oh, it's so good. It's funnier when they're mad about it. She'll mm-hmm. – <laughs> and he, he does repeatedly. She's like, mm, you're upset because you – like, at the wrestling match and he's complaining about literally everything in the world. Like, it's – the <laughs> everything is wrong. The crowd is too thick. They're too close, even though he's the one who pushed them that far. No one in the crowd has bathed why did this isn't even a good match why did this guy even invite him when he could have stayed home and had sex with his wife all these things (laughs) he's so upset about everything and Jess is like oh I understand like you meant this outing as a treat for me and now you're upset because it's not going the way you wanted it to and he's like stop humoring me Jess I don't like to be humored (laughs) what a silly little man he's so silly hmm I guess that's like part of what's also sort of genius about this from like a like a gender commentary perspective of like, yeah, totally Freud, etc. But also there's this sense of like, it just sees like masculinity for the theater that it is like the outrageous, untenable, mm-hmm. like unsustainable theater that it is like his performance of like, masculine power is like, so hollow. And she like, gets right to it she's like mm-hmm. sure absolutely like <laughs> your troubled boyhood is now my problem i guess <laughs> and i the am problem willing... of cosmic proportions exactly and i'm willing to take on that that burden if you will dick me down like <laughs> as she should and he's like i don't appreciate being perceived in this way but um i'm in love with you so i guess i'll make do <laughs> Well, I think because they they repeatedly are like, oh, well, she raised all these boys. Like, she understands the, like, masculine logic of X, Y, and Z. Where she's like, I simply don't have time for your nonsense. Yeah. But I have been through this so many times. (laughs) Yeah. I've raised so many boys. I guess it's also interesting that, like, her sort of caretaker energy. You know how there's, like, often this, like, Madonna whore thing of, like... Mm -hmm. Her status as, like, the virginal caretaker does not make her, like, not incredibly sexually appealing. Not just to Dane, but, like, to everyone who meets her. Mm-hmm. I, feel like, I feel like that's a kind of interesting presentation. Also, it's, like, getting dark outside. I know no one can see me on this podcast. But, like, I'm <laughs> soon neither of you will also be able to see me. Um, be a black square. A- just a ghost. Yeah, just like just a voice a, from the dark, gently phone lit face. Um, yeah, like I, I do a horror like, podcast, just like gloomy features, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like eyes peering through. 
<laughs> his satanic um, majesty, the reprise. Absolutely. If only. I wish. Though actually, like, I don't I wouldn't know how to handle Dane. Um I would be I would tire of him too quickly. Um, I have been I would reading love to be friends with Jessica. Oh yes. yes. I've been reading the like Dangerous Men and Adventurous Women collection of essays from romance writers and it's from 1992 so there's some real dated stuff in there and also (laughs) things that even if they're not dated i don't necessarily agree with but thought-provoking but a bunch of them have been about like (laughs) the hero is one of the most pivotal if not the most pivotal character in the romance novel Hmm. and he's not He's a fantasy, not in that, like, straight women are attract. Like, not that we would actually want that. He's mm. a fantasy in that he's, like, something to be dominated. Like, he is also the villain. And so by mm. the end, the heroine triumphs over the patriarchy, the man, the, like, greatest danger is, which is why, like, bodice rippers have so much sexual violence, because that's one of the greatest fears of women mm. is sexual violence. And so in order for us to experience that like danger and triumph that's the thing that we're afraid of so the hero is also Mm. the villain and then you win at the end by like taming him so i'm like god i love dane would never ever speak to that man in real life not a chance (laughs) but on page what a fantasy to have that man on a leash (laughs) like walk up like a dog jess (laughs) Walk him indeed like a dog. <laughs> she doesn't even need the leash. She'll follow. That's <laughs> true. Hold the leash in his mouth and follow. <laughs> like, he'd be one of those. <laughs> she, get him eating out of her hand. Anyway, I also think Dane's like brief bout of Catholicism, like his relationship with God in this book is interesting. Yeah. Because it's very minimal, but it's very like crucial in the moments that it does come up. Yeah. I don't have anything super insightful to say about it. I just thought it was interesting. Like, the very few times that it was noted was, like, the one time when his mother leaves Mm. and he prays, I think, Mm -hmm. the Hail Mary in in Latin, rather. And that's, like, the thing that his father's, like, he's the heathen and a devil and a whatever, heathen, whatever, and, like, sends him off to Eton. Mm. And then at the end of the book... There's, I can't remember if it's once or twice, but at least once when he's, like, listing the reasons that Jess married him. Like, one of them is, like, she's crazy. Like, she's out of her mind. And another one is that, like, God's done him a good turn. And he's, like, well, that's never happened before, so it's about time. Like, he owes me. Yeah. There's another time, too, I think. Or I think he prays. Well, I was going to mention his reaction to the Madonna. Yeah, we need to talk about the icon. Yeah, like, his just, like, overwhelmed reaction to the Madonna feels like evidence of, you know, like, there's that there's that bit of, it, it's very, like, sort of inspirational romance, like, love of man may beget love of God kind of thing. Like, it just, he, like, falls in love with Jess, and it, like, reconnects him to something, Dominic also does that. There's a part where he he goes in to get him and he's like on a heap or in a heap on the ground um, Mm. and he's crying for his mother and in Dane's mind it goes back to the the Hail Mary in Latin Mm. that he prayed when his mother left. 
Mm. which hit. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That boy. Yeah. Like Dominic, but also Dane. <laughs> like, yeah. Just... We are all just in this moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, so horny, but I also want to hear your inner child. <laughs> Literally, like, horny, but I want to feed you soup. and <laughs> Just give you a hug. To be fair, I feel like those two feelings are not, like, that far apart for me on a regular basis either. No. <laughs> like... No, those go together. Yeah. Call like, it which I think yeah. mine would be horny and just absolutely falls asleep. Sure. <laughs> I think that that's my religion. Sure. Tag yourself. <laughs> Tag yourself with a scene in this book and, and that's yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just. Uh, I think um, mine. Let me think on mine. I'm gonna think on my. Scene. I don't know a scene. I do know that at one point he calls Jess a plague and pestilence of a, of a mm. female, and I immediately mm. was like, "Can I make that my Instagram bio?" Mm, that's good <laughs> because I feel like I identify as a plague and a pestilence of a female. That's really good. I like that a lot. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I think um, I'm the harpoon scene. That is. Mm. Yeah. I'm yeah. like aspirational Genevieve. Honestly, the dream. Yeah. Wish I was her. She's so real for that. I do also appreciate uh, Jess just sobbing after having really great sex. And he's like really scared. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh my God, I knew it was going to be bad. And she's like, I can't believe it was so overwhelming and good. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh that's a surprise. That's an Uno reverse. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And she's like, so I can't do it again. <laughs> He's like, oh, what? Well, first she like sobs briefly yeah. and then like pulls herself together. And it's like, yeah. that was embarrassing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't help it. My bad. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting, like, I feel like they really reversed. They, she, Loretta Chase mm-hmm. played with like gender roles in those initial yeah. like flowering scenes. Cause Jess is very mad. Well, actually all the time. Cause we talked about him being high strung and dramatic and she's like, I mm-hmm. am not high strung. I'm very steady. Mm-hmm. Like, and, says I mean, and her pushing him against the lamppost. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then like, he is so afraid for that scene for yeah. deflowering her. He is so afraid. And she's like, dang, I hope I'm good at it. <laughs> it's like there was only a little blood like i don't think it was <laughs> he was overwrought and then yeah. the very obvious she gets hers and then immediately falls asleep and he literally is like <laughs> just like a man like <laughs> that's what i was supposed to do <laughs> wait i want to go back to the icon because i feel like there's a lot going on with the icon yeah so much because like so much <laughs> i'm like oh i was torn i was trying to figure out like if you're gonna assign a metaphor to this icon like what is it symbolic of but i feel like it's so many different things you know what mm-hmm. i mean because at first i was like oh it's dane like there's the whole like just is the only one who sees its value gets it for not a lot of money and then takes it to be appraised and like gets it out of the like moldering wooden frame that they had hidden it in and it's like this gorgeous one-of-a-kind piece of artwork with a gold frame and gems and all these things and dane is like it's probably not even worth all that much (laughs) but i want it and jess is like no (laughs) 
<laughs> this is my fancy thing that I saw the value in, even though you thought it was disgusting. So I was like, okay, so it's Dane. He's right. the icon. But then you also have the moment where he tries to buy it and she laughs in his face and he has this flashback of like, he's a little boy offering a pretty girl his favorite toy for something and she took hers and threw it in the privy. Hmm. Which comes back repeatedly. Every time that he mentions something being like being thrust into a privy, I'm like, oh good, time to cry. (laughs) Yeah. Poor boy. Time to just weep, I guess. So there was that. And then there's also his relationship with his mother. Which is yeah. what Jess sees in the conversation when he, like, unpacks what the icon is. Yeah. Which is rough also. Time to cry. And like, Or when she gives times. it back to him. And oh. it's on his plate. And he's like, I thought she would have sold it. I didn't even ask for it in the marriage. Ugh. And it's also, like, his relationship to, to like, God, I guess. Right. Mm. How special. I also think it's interesting, like, you mentioned Jess not fitting into the, like, Madonna whore complex. Like, she's very mm-hmm. l- lusty, if you will, but also very maternal. Which also made me think of Mary in that icon. Because yeah. their whole thing is that, like, she's very human. She's not your typical Madonna. She's, like, frustrated, kind of rolling her eyes, but also very forgiving because she knows he's a baby and he can't help it. Mm-hmm. Which also just feels like... Jess. Yeah. I don't know. Can we compare Jess to the Virgin Mary? <laughs> how, how sacrilegious can I be? Um, I mean, she's definitely like a singular character, both for her like unending patience and her wit and her charm. But like, I think also in her like deftness with everything, like there aren't really moments when you really see her. I don't know, like, she struggles with her attraction to him, but not in a, like, very weighted sense. I guess because mm-hmm. Jane has such, like, a weighted backstory, there's almost an asymmetry there between the two of them, where, like, his his narrative, like, precedes, like, quite literally, because it's the prologue, but, like, precedes hers, and, like, and yet you don't feel, like, She's just along for the ride. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's really agentic in this book. Like, she is the mover and maneuverer of the narrative in a lot of ways. Like, is the person who shoots him, is the person who, like, takes action in so many ways. And, like, he is more along for the ride. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, an interesting power exchange between the two, both, like, sexually and otherwise. But, like, she's just, you know... Like a whole person. Right. She is the icon. She is the moment. (laughs) (laughs) No, it definitely... Like, you get a lot of his backstory and, like, brief... Like, you know, like, she raised her various siblings and, like, she wants to open her shop or whatever, but that's a dream that she kind of moves on from very quickly. It very much, to me, feels like Dane's main struggle is with his past and hers is with him. Yeah. he's the antagonist for Jess versus... Like, you could argue Jess is his antagonist, but really it's his trauma. How she makes him confront his past right. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's also lovely because, like, by the end of the narrative, as much as he loves and wants this this icon and has it in his possession, like, the thing that he loves and wants more is her. Like, mm-hmm. the object is, like, a suitable proxy, but, like... A, 
I mean, I mean, not even that, like, it just, it's not even a proxy. It's just, it is like the object in his mind's eye until like other things are fulfilled. And then it is just an icon that is important and special. Mm-hmm. Well, and As even by the time like, she gives it to him, he'd like forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, oh. Yeah. Because they already had her. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, her just like beating the hell out of that guy <laughs> when yes. he tries to steal it. Oh my I th- god! I thought about that um, yeah. when in our last episode it was the superlatives, and I was like, that should have been on the scene. He wasn't really a villain, but just well, he was just the an most, idiot. Yeah, just like a really great comeuppance scene. <laughs> she she just- like bashes his head into the door repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it was hot. Oh my god! <laughs> and then it's just like she looks up, like Dane scoops her up, and she turns, and there's like an army of servants in the doorway watching the scene unfold. And Dominic, and also too. Dominic with his <laughs> jaw on the ground. <laughs> like, I literally don't remember how this panned out. Like, I remember it being uh, like a. It's so Vautry does his whole like he's obsessed with Charity Graves, and she abandons mm-hmm. him, takes the money, and stole the keys. That was the last time. Right. We ever saw a charity. Saw uh, <laughs> Taylor uh, Swift referencing. Yeah. Um, so she leaves and he thinks that she's just like gone into hiding or whatever, but he's like, oh, perfect. I'll just carry out her plan by myself and then she'll love me because I'll be like the hero. And so he sets like an outbuilding or something on fire to get everybody out of the house. So like most of the servants and everybody goes to go put out the fire and then he sneaks in and steals the icon because he thinks it's worth a bazillion dollars. Um and then as he's sneaking out the hallway, Jess sees him and he tries to make a run for it. And she beats the shit out of him and like Boy. repeatedly slams his head into a door. <laughs> until he and, draw- and she's like scolding him all the while. And then isn't there that scene after this whole like beat up scene where she's like drinking his drinking Dane's brandy? Yeah. And- <laughs> she toasts the portrait of his mother with it. And he's like, I'm undoubtedly one of the only women in or men in Europe who can afford you. That is mm-hmm. that is absolutely my very best brandy. <laughs> and I can't remember if that's like before or after those like really particularly pathetic monologues where he's like, I'll do anything if you don't leave me. It's after. It's after all of that. There's a moment, my favorite, like it's so sad, but also so funny is when he literally threatens to kill himself if she ever leaves him. And her immediate response is, no, of course I'm not going to leave you. Why would you even think that? And then moves on. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, she's just like so sharp. Well, but also they mentioned, or she mentions later, like, she was very staggered by when he said that. Like, she had to fight not to react. Yeah. Which is interesting, because in the moment, he's like, I'll kill myself if you leave me. And she's like, Dane, of course I'm not going to leave you. Shut up. (laughs) Back to the matter at hand. And he's like, (laughs) bamboozled. There's so many moments where he's just, like, swept. Like, that is... We need more of that. We need more men just being swept in romance. Like, cleared off his feet. There's a moment where she refers to him offhandedly as darling. And Mm -hmm. he's, like, the room spun along the (laughs) backwards. Like, he's, like, actually crying, screaming, throwing up, convulsing on the floor. Like... The, one of my favorite quotes <laughs> is that he she was oblivious as usual to the cataclysm she set off. 
Like right. just her, the smallest things that she does just like move mountains for him. Mm-hmm. And like he's just so not used to someone caring like one bit for There's him. Also, I don't know if it's in the same scene as that quote, but he has a quote where he's like, I wonder if Birdie is as stupid as he is, not because he was born with a not functioning brain, but just because he's been around these constant explosions. <laughs> And like, am I gonna end up like Birdie? <laughs> like, he's just constantly having to like gain his footing all over again. Which is why half of his dialogue is just him repeating back things that she says. Yeah, she's like, "You're very sweet," and he's like, "Sweet." <laughs> she's like, trying to get you to have sex with me was worse than taking Birdie to get a tooth pulled, and he's like, "Worse." Taking Bernie. You've been trying to have sex with me? <laughs> I'm so confused. That man is so bamboozled all the time. <sighs> okay, my like real question for you guys is like have what do people read next? Like Yeah. What do you do once you finish Lord of Scoundrels and you want more? Besides just rereading? I was gonna say rereading it. This is for my own edification. Like even as someone who has read a pretty considerable number of historicals at this point, I feel like I just reach into this like yawning void and feel nothing for po- and, Lord of Scoundrels. Yeah. And that's when I can go into my Morals After Dark <laughs> just to read one of those to reset your brain. You would. That's true. Mm-hmm. I do need a genre break after Lord of Scoundrels because like everything yeah. else feels like hopelessly inadequate in comparison. Yeah. I really don't. So, I mean, I am planning to read Laura Kinzel, so maybe Flowers from the Storm will do. Sherry Thomas, my daughter. The only... I feel like you have to do something bonkers. Like, I don't think you can go to a kind of standard. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to go another old school that's also bonkers. So, like, The Windflower or, like, The Luckiest Lady in London or something. That the Luckiest Lady in London, I think, would be a good... It's not, like, Who bonkers, but it... Hmm? It's a little bit Who's that by? Sherry uh, Thomas. Sherry Thomas. Oh, I had tried to read another one of hers and I DNF'd it. I didn't like it, but this one. Yeah, really I read worked for me. Delicious. I read Delicious because that was was that for the book club? Yeah, yeah. I didn't finish. Yeah, yeah that one wasn't that one it. wasn't great. I like it wasn't bad, but it just existed. But the luckiest lady in London <laughs> exists in my brain. I do think that Delicious has grown on me since I first read it for our little book club. Like, I, part of me was like, I love her. Like, she's incredible, but was like sort of unimpressed by like the love story of it all. Like, there was so much I found really beautiful about that book. And then I was like, am I compelled by them being like in love? Mm -hmm. I couldn't quite settle on that. But I do think about that book pretty often like it, it lingers in my memory and so I think that makes it maybe a better book than I gave it credit for at first that's fair um, but even maybe like um the Courtney Milanda, you could read any like Lisa Claypas after this again yeah. the magic oh my god now I want to reread again the magic oh again the magic is a really good follow-up to this it's not as funny but it has the vibes no, it's definitely not as funny, and the thesis is more like, how can I write what Wuthering Heights should have been, and this is not that mm-hmm. really. Um, no, but scratches an itch in my brain. 
It is like a, it is a deeply satisfying historical. Like it, it'll do that. I, feel like I you thought I like read in winter or something. You you could do that. That is also another situation where he's like absolutely like fucking floored by his emotions. Like mm-hmm. he like also has that scene with uh, Marcus where he's like, I, "I'm a terrible man," and and Evie's like. He's actually amazing. And he's like, stop <laughs> saying that about me. That's really embarrassing. It's <laughs> my favorite scene. He's like, shut up, I'm a villain. Westcliff is like, are you on crack? Like, are you on drugs? <laughs> You're like deeply unwell. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, he's actually been a marvelous husband. Like, we're having the best time. And then he goes and gets himself shot, like, after that scene. Because he's like so distraught. That's not why. But like, because he's so distraught. Um... Yeah, it's just funny. I just, he really has the audacity to spend the whole elopement like bringing hot bricks to warm her feet up. And then after the wedding, where he gets fucking like tricked out of so much money that he doesn't have. Terrible music performance. Yeah, yeah. After all of this, he spends their wedding night like bathing her and brushing her hair and putting the tooth powder on her toothbrush and all of these things. And then they get back and he's like, I'm a terrible. I'm a villain. I'm so evil and awful to you. And And she's like, like, sure. Literally, no. Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm a bad guy. Yeah. And she's like, that's really funny. I'm not listening to you. Very much that sign can't stop me because I can't read. <laughs> Who is it may be actually, a red flag, but red's my favorite do. color. That is actually Evie coded. <laughs> I think that I, I can read that sign, but that won't stop me is Jessica. <laughs> but that's the thing. I feel like Jessica reads the sign, is well aware of the mm-hmm. like issues at hand, and is like, I'm simply better than you. <laughs> like goes on anyway. Right. No, yeah. The rules don't apply here. <laughs> she's like, I know what I'm doing, and the rest of you bitches don't. And she's right. <laughs> she's correct. She's literally right. <laughs> there are so many romance heroines that I love and I respect. She's one of the only ones that, like, I actually would trade my personality for hers if I could. Yeah. Yeah. She's right there. <laughs> really special. That's the thing. I can think of, like, lots of books where there are sort of, like, Dane complex, like, not complex in terms of narrative though sure that too like where there are men who are like oh my god I cannot believe this gentle lady is in love with me or whatever or where they're like I can't believe the depth of affection that she has for me like I I know a few of those and I feel like we've talked about some of them but like the number of heroines who are written like Jessica I think is is a lot thinner in number because the tendency is to go like sort of ham-fisted with some of the things that are done really delicately in Jessica's character, like her being a really like effective manager of his emotions and stuff. Like some of that can get really ham-fisted in some of the ones that I'm thinking of, or like um, her being, I don't know, like very sure of herself. Sometimes that turns into like a caricature in other characters where they're like overly like, I don't know, it doesn't feel earned or deserved their reputations or their confidence. This is definitely a generalization. And there are Jessica characters right. out there. I'm just not thinking of very good examples off the top of my head. Actually, honestly, some of the Halifax, like the Halifax sisters are kind of like that. Like they're just like mm-hmm. so confident and so sure of themselves, but it feels earnest, I think, in the novellas. 
Yeah. Margot has, like, the beginning of her... Or no, I'm thinking of Matilda. Hers, where she, like, manages him into taking him with her. Yeah, he yeah. Just, like, doesn't take no for an answer. And is like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna solve this problem. Meet me at midnight. <laughs> like... <laughs> you will do what I say. There's a season of Seduction by Jennifer Haymore. Um, mm. It's kind of a spoiler. But if you want another heroine who's gonna shoot the hero for being a <laughs> dick, that's the one. Love. Um it wasn't my favorite book ever, but by the time she shot him, I was having a very good time. Because <laughs> he's like trying to, he like tricks her into marriage because he needs money and mm-hmm. he didn't think he was going to like her. And then, oh, he likes her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she she shot him. Aww. <laughs> so funny about, well, number one, it could never happen in a contemporary <laughs> for many reasons. But, like, can you imagine if someone shot you and you still married them? Even if it was was intentionally your arm. Like, what? But number two. I'm a lady. However. Well. I would be up for meeting someone that I shot, depending on the conditions. Okay. Well, I just, I cannot stop thinking about how after she shoots him, they, like, meet. They have the lawyer there. He's like, I'm gonna if, if I'm gonna pay all this money, I might as well get breeding rights, like right. marry you, all these things. He says some like terrible stuff, and she's right. like, Ugh. yeah. But at one point, he's like, you know what? It was pretty it was pretty nicely done. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was funny. I liked seeing you scare all my friends. That was a really <laughs> good bit, Jess. But then throughout, like the rest of the book, periodically, he'll be like, well, you might shoot me, so I guess I should do this thing. <laughs> like he just casually references it as like well you could always shoot me <laughs> and then even she is like i'll shoot your horse out from under you if you yeah. dare go to the yep. box without, boxing match without me like, and he's like i have no choice but to believe you'll do that you have she's history. so clear about it because she's being serious <laughs> I just, I'm like, that's funny i need a woman who will follow through on what she said yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like that's i'm like looking at my quotes for the jennifer Hamer one <laughs> The quote is, he's like, Becky, his eyelids fluttered shut, but he struggled to open them. You shot me. Yes. <laughs> Am I going to die? I don't think so. <laughs> his brown eyes fixed on her. Do you hope I will die? Because <laughs> she's like pissed off. Like, I mean, the groveling in that one really like I respect and like it brought up my rating a whole star because like he wasn't the best guy. Like he was a true like he he did the things. But he like he couldn't help but respect her <laughs> for just shooting him and like it's like the same thing where like the whole premise of a book is like she has to have sex for some reason and then they don't have sex until like page 300 and you're like why did i just read this like you promised this and you didn't deliver um so i think the books that do deliver on either the, the bodily harm or um like having sex like right away like Joanna Shoops, The Bride Goes Rogue, like, mm. they do it. Or, I mean, it's pretty close, like, whatever. Like, they have the really hot scene. Um, I think it's just, it's more rare than I think it should be, where, like, promises are completely, fo- like, followed through. Um, yeah. Mm. Like, let let women make good on their threats mm-hmm. in 2023. <laughs> That's my request for historical romance. If he if he says she's gonna kill him, I would like to see her try. 
Chekhov's threat. Um. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Chekhov's threat. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I, that's where I'm at. I mean, there are like repeated. It's like my favorite running bit is that every single time one of them challenges the other one to something, they're like, I would like to see you try. And the other one's like, say your prayers. And then they proceed to do the most unhinged things. <laughs> like, unbutton a glove in the most erotic fashion possible, un- inadvertently ruining his own yeah. reputation. When she's <laughs> and he's like, see, I just owned you. And she's like, actually, look around. Like, you just proposed. <laughs> All of Paris thinks you're obsessed with this old spinster. And he's like, ah, shit. He's like, fuck. Oh, no. I miscalculated. I made a grave error. Mm. Also, Dane going from, like, talking about plumbing or whatever irrigation in Italian to accidentally actually making love to her in Italian. <gasps> Iconic. <laughs> no one is doing it. No one is doing it like Loretta Chase. No, <gasps> nobody. Kada, uh, like, it's so unfair that books like this exist. Because mm-hmm. then it just, you just like yearn for it. You're like, yeah. will anything compare? Like, mm. no. They and won't. then you just have to make your piece that like other great books exist, but maybe not this specific one again. Do you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. that's so true that's why i reread so much yeah yeah i love i do get a sense for why like immortals after dark is a good way to follow up this book though like that does actually make sense to me because those are those are women who make good on their threat rydstrom and sabine she just oh Oh, god (laughs) Like, she's amazing. She will kill a man and she'll have the time of her life doing it. She will. And, like, I I respect her so much. Like, I, there, there's nothing better, really, in that series to me than the, like, revenge kidnapping edging of both of those characters. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to parody this. I'm going to do everything you did to me and do it to you. And then he's too nice to actually, like, make her suffer. Right. But, like, mm. Mm. I mean, I had to, (laughs) I had to read that book to like cleanse my mind after I was reading like a bunch of just like meh ones. So, but it could also help after reading a great book. I mean, I think that like the the real commitment that that book has to sexual torture is really romantic. (laughs) It's a really romantic book. Like upon my third reread and my second reread in so short of like two weeks, um, like just the romance of it like how at odds they are at the beginning and then just like seeing them slowly fall in love and her being like i think i have to apologize and she's (laughs) so like upset that she actually feels bad for doing things to him yeah and then when he like finally like loses his mind and she's like oh my god i've broken him like (laughs) just the like there's a rainstorm like kidnapping like they both nearly die his he like gets disemboweled and she's like, shit, my demon, he's hurt. And he's like, ah, I couldn't stop from taunting him. It's just that book. I do I actually about it. didn't. I, it's been years again since oh. I read that one. Oh. It's making me want to reread. 
because yeah. I did not remember the disemboweling. Oh yeah, really- like literally, he gets he's taken to like her brother's uh, throne room or wherever where it used to be his, um, and he's like got he's like by the throat, and she's like off dealing with Hedia. And um, she's about to leave with him. She gets him. And then he, like, makes a jab at whatever the guy's name is. Just because he, like, that guy wants Sabine, too. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. Mm -hmm. And then the guy just, like, Omort is his name. So Omort just, like, slashes his hand. And there's a huge-ass hole just blown in Rydstrom's stomach. His spine has been uh, severed. So he can't feel it at that moment. But, like, his entire body is just, like, flayed in half. And Sabine's like, what the fuck? And then it's, like, three days of him just being, like, Ugh. Or actually, it was just, like, a day of him being in and out of consciousness. His spine reheals. He's, like, shit, there's the pain. And she's, like, why did you do it? He's, like, well, it was fun. <laughs> you guys, like, it, as in the listeners, can't see Caroline's face right now. I haven't read this book I yet. can. And it's making me, like, lose it. It's I, just, like, I'm in awe. <laughs> it's just the power move, like... Of the seven foot tattooed demon, rage demon king, like being brought to his knees by her is just tattooed on my soul. Like, I can't get over it. I'm very excited about this book because I've been edging the entire rest of the Immortals After Dark Mm. series. Um, But I do just want to mention, because it feels relevant to this series, that I found in my notes app the other day <laughs> sometimes i i like to keep track when people say funny things because mm-hmm. i think it's neat and i found this notes app from the night that my two best friends and sand were out in new york and at that my friend christine had just started reading immortals after dark because the oh last time God. we were in north new york y'all had told her to <laughs> and one of the quotes that i have written down from that night is sand saying Biting is foreplay for marriage? Because <laughs> apparently that is what Christine had said to some extent. <laughs> Which just feels like the thesis for Immortals After Dark. Yeah, especially the it demons. Because like, they have like to it claim. Both. Really is. <laughs> and the lichens, because they both have to like have the claiming bite. And then each one sure. is like, haha, my bite. Biting is foreplay for marriage. It is. Mm. Do Jez or Dane bite each other at any point? I don't think well, they do, the but thing. I do think that they did the bullet bypass. Like, if not biting, why not that's shooting? That's true. You she did I mean? shoot him. Right. I think that's a sufficient replacement. That's fair. That is. <laughs> that is. That is definitely substitutions. Sometimes the bullet. allowed. Yeah. yeah. Substitutions can be made by the chef on a made-to-order basis, and that's definitely one of them. Yeah. yeah. If Jessica Trent wants to make a substitution, we will allow. That's it. true. Who are we? Yeah. Who are we to dictate what Jessica Trent does? (laughs) Jessica Trent is to me what Barbie is to Ryan Reynolds. Or uh, (laughs) Ryan Gosling, sorry. Exactly. Everything. (laughs) Have you seen the interview with him? Yeah. They're like, well, Margot Robbie said the Barbie movie is such and such. And he's like, well, I would never contradict Barbie. Barbie. I would never dream it. I would never (laughs) dream of it. Did you also see where he was like, it's the best script I've ever read in Mm -hmm. my life? I've seen I'm a so lot of the excited. cast members saying that. I am fascinated by what this movie is going to be. I do think I'm it's so going to be such a fun time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. they did the shot where she – the Barbie feet, and yeah. I was like oh, – Oh, yeah. 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 That, was that was incredible. Very satisfying. 
Mm. Not mm. relevant. I just no. I am Jessica's Ken. She's well, everything. I'm, I'm just Ken. I think it's relevant because I think that Jessica Trent would love the Barbie movie. That's so true. And Dane would do to it what he did to Don Juan, where he's like, and then she forces him to watch it, and he's delighted. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to watch Oppenheimer. (laughs) She's like, like, the fuck you are. You're coming to watch Barbie with me. And then he, like, does secretly order Barbie merch um, for their unborn child. (laughs) They bring Dominic along. Yeah. And Dominic is like, y'all are weird. I'm obsessed, though. (laughs) Actually, before we wrap this up, can we talk about the final scene where Dominic is, like, screaming, running around naked, and Dane just, like, whoop, <laughs> dresses him in his shirt, and they, like, and have this like, funny little, like, they're so good with communicating with each other, and Jess is just standing there watching it unfold, because, like, what the fuck is going on? You can't have your pump handle out for the world. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Papa said, I can't be bare ass. And he's like, naked. You can't say ass in front of ladies. And just how Kate Redding, like, does his, like, little kid voice, too. Oh, he's, he's so like, funny. did you put a baby in her in this gigantic bed? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and Jess is like, oh. She oh, said, well, that huh? secret. <laughs> Out of the bag. Mm. <laughs> I love that scene. He's so funny. Mm. He's like, what did they feed him for breakfast? Gunpowder? Oh, my God. Oh, I, the one downside to this book is that it doesn't have an epilogue. Because, like, I would pay yeah. so much money for, like, a future shot of them with their various children. I- mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you have you read Forever Your Rogue by Aaron Langston? The one yeah, that's like- I did. That's on my list. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like a little long in the middle. Um, yeah. Like it got a little bit long, but I had just read um, a really bad Guardian trope. Um, and then I read this, that one, like right after it. And this one handled it a lot better than the other one did. Um, so it really scratched that itch of like, thank God that it like was just ha- dealt with off page. Um, and they like mm-hmm. did it. Um oh, like- battle of it all yeah 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 because yeah, like i realized that i like when they already have like custody and yeah. they're not fighting for it um but he was my runner-up for our uh most reformed rake superlative mm-hmm. um because his transformation is just he, yeah he similarly like encounters children and like loses yeah. his mind yeah oh, well. and just like how it all like starts where they like make she like gives him her jewels or whatever at the beginning yeah um and then like years later she comes to yeah um, she also corners him into uh, a marriage mm-hmm. yeah because she uh, needs as she should she needs a guardian which is so funny because she needs like someone respectable and this guy is like the not least respectable person yeah. um and so i just love how that's the one she had to turn to yeah <laughs> to, like get the no court not- but the reason that I mention it is because the epilogue on that one is exactly that. Oh. Like, it is a beautiful scene. Like, it is a beautiful epilogue of them, like, dancing at midnight. Sorry, do you mind if I spoil it? Like, I mean, I guess you know. Like, they get married and live happily ever after. Blah, blah, blah. What? Like, yeah. They get married at the end of the romance novel? 
Well, I mean, actually, this is them like years in the future. He's when like sixty. Yeah, he's like real old. And like it's the night before like his first adopted daughter, like mm-hmm. now adopted daughter's wedding, and like they're still so close, and like that like the spark of his love for her is part of what triggered his transformation from reformed rake into like doting father and so like it's him dancing with his wife at midnight in the ballroom but then like his two first adopted children come in and then the two bio children he has with her come in as well like it is it it is so special (laughs) i my review like i mean i think she like snorted lorraine heath for that epilogue because that mm. was very Lorraine Heath of her like Lorraine Heath loves I was the gonna say that's far big the future ball because that's uh-huh. a very similar epilogue and uh-huh. it also and so, destroyed me emotionally yeah like I was I thought I was fine after reading it and then like I would just randomly think of it and I'd be in tears like I was just sobbing uncontrollably like my review I'm like I can't see everything's blurry I'm sobbing <laughs> I will say I have an issue with her killing the Earl like his brother because in that epilogue so like if you read her if you read her novella so she like introduced everyone to her writing with that novella of the earl and whatever at like this autumn festival and it was super cute and rosalie yeah there's like great face sitting um and then he's like in the book that novella it's really cute it's really good um she's just a really good writer and so she handled the space really well um but he is in the book as, like, the aloof, you know, they never really understood each other, older brother. Um, and then in the epilogue, now uh, Nate is the Earl. So this guy died at, like, 60. And I was like, I, for one, am not okay with that. I was, yeah. like, <laughs> sobbing for that, too. No one's supposed to die. I know. So I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> but it was also a very emotional epilogue for other reasons. But I was in the ground during that that um book but i'm so excited i'm like curious as to where her next book is gonna go i'm like i don't know where she's gonna start if she's gonna Uh, go with kids if she's gonna go like in the same like you know i think she might do i think she might do cora's brother like i hope it's like in that that you know generation and wait a little bit to go to the kids um but yeah that book is really good. I need the audiobook of it. I hope one gets made at some point. It's good. I think you'd really like it, Caroline. Like, mm-hmm. I, I need to read it. And they spend so much. The thing that's great is like they spend so much time on page together. Also, like mm-hmm. this, or like mm-hmm. well, once Dan and Jessica end up on the estate, like they are together on page all the time. She's like, like, oh, you thought you were gonna leave me here? Yeah, I think the fuck not. Let me unpack your trunk for you. Yeah. (laughs) To to bring up the hating game again, Sally Thorne gave an interview a long time ago saying the reason, because she like stemmed from fan fiction. Like she, Hmm. her and Christina Lauren, like they were all all Twilight Twilight fan fiction. Um, And she said her favorite thing about fan fiction is when they're on the same page in the same room together. Mm -hmm. Um, And that you can really see that in the hating game because I mean, to its detriment, like Lucy's only friend is really Josh um, by the end of it. But I really enjoy books where it's just them together the entire time. Um, and you're right about books. It's hard books. to write. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's hard. It's deceptively hard to write because you need to figure out how to like 
move something mm -hmm. when the two of them are on page together all the time. Like that's mm -hmm. why I force proximity is so popular, right? Because like it gives you some sort of like narrative structure within which you can have these two people stuck in a place together talking all the time. But mm -hmm. then even then you have to do more than just have them sit and talk to each other. Like that's not satisfying either. Yeah. Like there needs to be a, a motion of some kind. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I just, I feel, I'm so like gratified when someone pulls that off. Yeah. And you're right about this book being that too. Yeah. Ugh. Like from, from shooting onwards, they are like joint, like joined at the hip. Mm -hmm. Well, and even before that, you don't get a ton of time with them. So, like most of the no. scenes are them it together and then you get like little snippets of them individually. Right. But I feel like you still do spend a lot of time with them interacting. Yeah. Like there are a few, and the conversations that are not just them to each other are like her and Genevieve and mm -hmm. like Dane like, being ridiculous, but like, yeah. yeah. Talking about him or thinking about her, or like, yeah. Influencing yeah. still all the other actions or side characters making bets about <laughs> them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is there are a few interludes about that, like the whole Vautry thing. And Beaumont. What a piece of shit. <laughs> like, who are these random side characters? What are y'all doing? He's like, he tried to watch me have sex. <laughs> that was disturbing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, but also just the entire bit of him being like, this much money that Dane is going to do this within a week. And the other guy's like, dude, have you met Dane? Only for it to happen every time. <laughs> like, he's it's like, so no, she'll, he'll, he'll follow her. But like, he doesn't chase anybody. <laughs> Proceeds to chase Jessica down the street in the rain. Right. While casually unbuttoning and rebuttoning his pants. Hot. Yeah, he's just mm, ridiculous, man. Why is he so ridiculous? Like, actually, what an unhinged person. <sighs> but he's so hot. I know. She walks in and he's got, like, two whores <laughs> on his lap. <laughs> well, well, why are you the way that you are? Like and we know he's trying to fill the void of her. Right. With them. And she just sees, oh. <laughs> and she's so mad that. about it too like so mad he said maybe I should tell you about she's what like, I like move. in my women she said I know what you like you like them big busty and what is it brainless yeah oh my god Jessica and the way she's just like move <laughs> shoot this man that's the other thing like, I feel like her anger is so funny but also so deserved in this like yeah so expressive like it's really good oh every time she goes off on him i'm like boy does he deserve it yeah do it again <laughs> do it again <laughs> and then she does mm. Mm. i really could read this book forever yep mm -hmm. kind of want to reread it i know <laughs> like now i'm like okay what if i just did i mean yeah. I finished this reread a couple hours ago, but me too. This morning. <laughs> but if I just Well, I have it, so I'm gonna You should. You should. We well, I'm also gonna read I'm also gonna read Luckiest Lady in London. Yes. Um, which I can't believe That's I haven't read. read. But I realized what I have read for sure is um 
Ravishing the Air. No, His at Night. Have you guys read mm. His at Night by Sherry Thomas? Mm-mm. I've read like a bunch of random books by Sherry Thomas. Like I don't think I've like really gone through her backlist in an orderly way at all. But mm-hmm. I read His at Night, which has like a bananas premise where like mm-hmm. a lord masquerades as this like sort of a silly idiot that no one takes seriously. Like he's like a dandy that no one pays attention to, and that's how he gets like secrets for the state. Sure. Like, oh yeah. Like, he, he uses his status as like a silly idiot to like be like. an instrument of the crown but Mm -hmm. he like accidentally ends up ensnared in like a forced marriage to this woman um named elisand who is like desperate to be married because like she's under the like watch of a tyrannical Mm. family member um but that's that's one of the sherry thomases that like really stands out to me from my memory and actually i recently read another one that was just like this no, yeah. Okay, one of the the second Felicity Niven is um, also that premise of like silly man who's collecting secrets for the state by being silly, but is not at all actually. Unironically, I, I used to do a like a bit where I was like, guys, I would be a really really good spy because no one would ever think that I am <laughs> capable of being a spy. Yeah. So it's me. I'm the silly, the, the silly little idiot who's a spy, but nobody thinks that I'm a spy because they're like, no, she could not be a spy. Of the crown. <laughs> it's me. There you go. Yeah. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> Another Taylor Swift reference, ding. I do need to read the, some more Sherry Thomas because I liked her mm-hmm. style. I'll probably read. There's... I think it was. Olivia Random Olive, who when we read The Luckiest Lady in London, DM'd me to be like, the rest of that series is really good too if you like like manipulative people. And I was like, I do. <laughs> I am I really truly people. do love manipulative kind of awful characters. <laughs> I think they're so fun. Well, His at Night is the third in that series. Oh, so. really? Oh, okay. Yeah. And I've heard, I think I've heard good things about the second one, which I'm blanking on the name, but... I've heard is really good. Mm-hmm. So there's the, is it Ravishing the Heiress? That's one that I've heard a lot about. I think that's the one. I just love that that man does whatever he needs to do to eventually get this woman, who definitely was about to agree to be his mistress before he gave up on trying to mm-hmm. get her to be his mistress to offer marriage. And sometimes that means saying awful things about other people that she was considering marrying, even though you're lying. And sometimes it means making up a follow-up lie about it to cover your tracks from the first lie. And the best part about it is that I was like, he was right. He was. That's another one where they spend a lot of time together. Um, Yeah, and very little plot-wise happens. It's it's a very character-driven. Wait, sorry, this is Lucky Lady in London? Yeah. 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 The second one was private arrangements. (laughs) Mm Yeah, yeah. The casual, yeah. Your your suitor, your suitor is actually like in an incestuous relationship with his uh, half sister. <laughs> Therefore, He's you can't not. marry him. That's not a thing. He just lies about it and then to get her sees- to stop pursuing him. She sees the half sister, and she's like, she doesn't seem like she's in an incestuous relationship. <laughs> she's actually engaged to this nice man, <laughs> and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> the lies have found me. Oh, oh. 
It's that so book funny, is so but funny. I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Because yeah. sometimes you just have to lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's know? a situation where if it happened to you, you're like, well, I maybe wouldn't be happy. But reading about it, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And just like how the like the third act of that one, like the it's not really a breakup. It's just like a marriage in trouble. Um, right. It was very satisfying. Oh my god, that one also has a scene where he like sees her flirting with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> They've been doing the whole yeah, like exhibition fantasy thing where he's mm. like, I'm gonna throw a party outside, I've got this folly, and then she wants him to like fuck her behind a column during a party. Right? Like they have these all these conversations and they keep alluding to it, like we're gonna mm-hmm. do it, we're gonna do it. And then she he sees her flirting with some guy, gets mad about can, it, sneaks yeah. up behind her in the folly, and she starts talking to him, and he thinks that she thinks he's the other guy, doesn't say anything, <laughs> fucks her from behind, and, and then like, comes inside her also. <gasps> Rude. It's fine, they're married. Um Okay. But it's not like a <laughs> but, but he's like, oh, he thinks she would let this other dude come inside her only for her to reveal that she knew it was him the whole time because she like gestured white it's so much she like gestured to this like overlook where they both talked consistently about having sex and she like gestured with the other guy and so Mm -hmm. he sees that and he's like how could she like ruin our sacred spot um and then after (laughs) she's like i told him that there's a lot of bees over here so like i (laughs) like i i was gesturing like he thought there'd be so like it was always gonna be you just him so distraught like and also so horny that <laughs> okay you know what i will be reading that i would like, i think that would be a really good a really good follow-up to this book <laughs> i've been in kind of a historical mood lately i mean i've also been sitting on Borgiella long by kate claiborne but i think i need a historical right now. this one first do in, it in these trying times like they are trying who's super mm-hmm. manipulative very selfish people oh, this guy's love. got mommy issues too mm, mommy issues well. galore love <laughs> oh, okay well book. thank you for the recommendation i will be on my merry way to read exactly that this um, weekend I don't know. we really need to wrap this up yeah yeah because <laughs> we talk yeah. for two hours yeah you guys are gonna have so much fun editing this um, um most of it's gonna stay our listeners it is. Are, there's not much there's not much to edit it's not the first two hour episode we've dropped and just been like sorry we're we're very loose with our plot and we're very strict with our timestamps so people can <laughs> jump around as they see fit. Amazing. Um, <laughs> and we can go on as many tangents <laughs> as we need to, including cryptids and the Mothmen that Caroline may or may not have gotten big Al. to third place with. Yeah. And Big Al, who just wants to eat our arms off. <laughs> Which is, I mean... Cannibalism can be romantic, I think. I mean, I it mean, was a tasty protein bar. <laughs> I will not be reading that. No. I'm I just, do like monster romance. I will not be reading that. It was, the the, the words were just icky. Like, it wasn't right. that, like, the plot or the sex. I mean, it was just the language. I just mm-hmm. don't like, like, dirty, like, stale spunk, like, smelling bad oh. things. Wow. And okay. there was just a lot a visceral ambiance that I wasn't wanting to be privy to. A chill just went up my spine. Wait, I want to just note that cannibalism can be romantic. Yeah. Oh, I'm being serious about that. Okay. 
Yeah. I just think about the parallels between the Iliad and uh, Much Ado About Nothing a lot. That's just my favorite. Like, lit- no, no. Listen. There's a part after Patroclus dies and Achilles is super mad about it. And they're like, Hector's like, can you return my body to my family after you kill me? And he said, no. Something along the lines of like, I want to rip your heart out and eat it. Yeah. Which is like really bad in the Greek context. <laughs> That's... They don't look kindly on nowhere else. No, but I mean, like, it's really bad for that. Like, that wasn't a cool thing for Achilles to say. That's like, yikes. But then also there's a a scene in Much Ado About Nothing where she's raging about how if she were a man, she would, like, take her vengeance on this guy who's ruined her cousin and, like, almost killed her and stuff. And it's one of my favorite scenes in the entire world. But the final line of that soliloquy is, oh, that I were a man, I would eat his heart in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's really good. Isn't it so good? I love who delivers that line, and she eats no crumbs. No crumbs she eats were left the heart behind. In the marketplace, she eats the heart in the marketplace. I just used to watch NBC's Hannibal. That's fair. Um, I haven't watched it, but you're right. Which is also about the eroticism of eating one's flesh. Sure, it's taking another person's body into you. Yeah, yeah. How very Catholic. Very, yeah, hundred percent. How impressive of us to make the sweeping statement of cannibalism can be hot um, when we tried to wrap it up oh, and say romantic. <laughs> to clarify, it can be romantic and erotic. I think that's what it is. The erotic subtext of cannibalism cannot be discounted, and there is substantial evidence to suggest, in literary form, <laughs> that it can mean something really special and profound. <laughs> This no, reminds I me of cannibalism is hot is funnier as a thesis statement. Here's here's what I have to say about it. I think that if Dane was given the opportunity, he would eat part of Jessica. Yes. Yeah. And because he's I so upset. No, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he would also offer to Jessica, like, do you want to eat yeah. part of me? And she would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Right. There I you will go. eat your arm off. I mean, he does say that on their first meeting, one of the first things that pops into his said, uh, head when they make eye contact is that he wants to lick her from head to toe. That oh, is yeah. true. And then later there he does. Go. So mm-hmm. it's not really that far off. There no. you go. Dane understands that. the eroticism of cannibalism. <laughs> and that's all there is. Closing statement. Thank you. <laughs> and you may quote her on that. Exactly. <laughs> And scene. <laughs> <laughs>